Check it out. Craft Beer Radio, episode 484, Saturday, December 15th, 2018. I could be a DJ. You're really good at laying down those sick beats and getting the timing right. You guys introduce oh. the show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Craft <Crafty> Radio. <laughs> this is the show where we uh, review beers, talk about them, introduce you to uh, some wonderful beers. And we have a bunch of beers tonight, all from listener Greg. Thank you, listener Greg. Who is in uh, Maryland. Yeah. And um, I've never had a single one of these, so this is exciting. Awesome. I, I kind of lined them up like lighter, you know. So mm. let's start with the Sun Crush here. Okay. Cranberry Sun Crush. This is from Hardywood. They have a real Sun Crush thing. This is cranberry version of Sun Crush. Uh, let's see. Sparkling ale made with matcha green tea, crushed fruit, and natural flavors. It's a sessionable ale, both gluten reduced and low in calories and carbs. It really follows from what we I know, just the pre show where you sent us the truly sparkling spiked soda seltzer. So I think this is sort of the real version of. Of that, yeah, could yeah. be, yes. could be. Um, it's a slightly hazy, uh, kind of golden with a tint of, of red. Right, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of like yep. a red, uh, like someone put a drop or two of red food coloring in and kind of blended it. Yep, has a um, nice head with mostly tiny bubbles. You can easily tell that it's cranberry from the nose. Has a bit of uh, cranberry juice type aroma, where you're getting kind of a tart, tart, and kind of um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever tried to describe what the cranberry tastes like before. But yeah, there's a little bit of a like, sharpness and tartness on the yes. nose. Hmm, how would you I describe? Was tra- it? I was trying to smell like the tea, the green tea, like the maca that they have in there. Which they call a natural source of caffeine and antioxidants. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm really able to find it in the nose alone. Like, I was expecting that the green tea would kind of come through a little more potently in the nose, but it doesn't, so we'll have to look for that in the flavor. Uh, A little bit of an herbal note there, but it could get confused with all the other things. I mean, if you look for something, mm -hmm. sometimes you're going to find it, even when it's not there. Has kind of a sweet bready malt aroma, almost like, um, almost like a, a dinner roll, maybe even like a breakfast roll type thing. It. Um, I taste the green tea in there. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. I get in the aftertaste. Okay, I just came across like in the, when I in my aftertaste, I got kind of a little more, um, yeah, green tea type flavor. So maca is typically like the stuff that's powdered that you just like stir in, right? Obviously, um, we don't have grits of tea in this beer still. But... It's interesting. It, it kind of it kind of reminds me of kombucha. I think that maybe sort of what they're going for. Uh, it has this because that sort of tea like alcohol mm, thing, right? Right. I um, had some kombucha last week and. Uh, that I mean, it's been a long time since I've had it. I had some mm-hmm. last week, and it was it was a lot more tart um, than this is. You know, it was. Um, I'm trying to remember what that, what flavorings they had. I forget. <laughs> it had some chili to it, but uh, it was a pretty good drink. This one has a much more sweet body to it. This one has more of a malt, you know the malt really carries through, makes it. Um, yeah, what is that malt though? It, it almost. It's almost like a honey, honey bread type. thing. Yeah, or, or or you know some kind of sweet thing. I was thinking more corn like, but um, yeah, I'm not getting anything too corny. But yeah, it's definitely a sweet like, you know, honey glazed bread type yeah. thing. Yeah, I think honey is the proper call. But there's there's a lot of tea going in there and and the cranberry contributes a little bit to a tartness but not a huge amount to the flavor i mean there's definitely cranberry flavor there but the tea mm-hmm. I, I, I is really dominating the flavor here for me okay yeah, i'm a, see for me i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily find it dominating but that last sip i was actually got a good taste of it right 
you know, up until then, I really wasn't tasting it all that much. I mean, it tastes like one of those teas with like a fruit flavoring in it. Mm-hmm. So the the fruit, yeah, like a know, kind like of peach tea type thing. Yeah, or... the fruit kind of lives outside of the tea, right? Yeah. The tea is sort of the central flavor, and then there's sure. this sort of outer fruitiness. Makes sense. Um, and I guess the the thing you know that would be a criticism would be that it's not as integrated as it could be because of that. So you feel this sort of separation mm-hmm. between where there's the fruit and where there's the. Doesn't cranberry like always do that? I mean, can you think of a cranberry beer where the cranberry is like integrated into the core flavor? I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time thinking of a cranberry <laughs> beer. I mean, I mean, I know I've had them, but it's like. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of par for the course. I, I think can think I, of the cranberry lambic from Sam Adams, right? That there's yeah. something. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing, the things, when I think of this flavor and the, how the cranberry plays in here, it just seems very par for the course for beer. And, yeah, I mean, try to think of one where, like, the cranberry beer has been, like, something that I've been really raving about. It doesn't seem to happen. I mean, cranberry's a... A tart and generally not exactly meaty like mm-hmm. fruit. It's not. It it's kind of um, like cherry's weird cousin. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 cherries were the Philadelphia fanatic, this is Gritty McNair. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, okay. I'm not yep. gonna like sing its praises or anything, but it's fine. It's a refreshing, sparkly ale. I suppose. I'm not sure I'd go with the refreshing. I think the malt was a little too dominant yeah, for refreshing. Refreshing is, is not what I'd use, but it, it is it a sparkling ale? Yes. Is it interesting in some sense? Sure. Would I like to have another one? Not particularly. I'm with you. Okie dokie. Now we go on to brew is this this is a one where like the label is mostly art oh this is the veil the veil this is for love this is a lager um they only say it's uh, they only give it some adjectives to explain it five percent alcohol by volume uh, this and the other one is melancholia so there's sort of a theme here a movies theme mm-hmm. of some sort so we have a, I wouldn't call that straw so much as maybe a bronzish, little hazy lager. Yep. Yeah, so it pours like a pills type color with a little bit of gold hue to it. Ooh. What? <laughs> Yeah, what? It's um Is there lavender in this or something? See, I'm like think I think I'm smelling Brett. So I'm smelling like a crisp like malt, like probably poster malt, and then I thought it was smelling like some kind of continental hop, but then I don't know, second sniff, it was kinda of getting a bit leathery on the nose. Maybe not. Maybe that's just... I gotta find out more about this, because this is... Yeah, there's some... uh, Onto the flavor. There's an interesting floral there, or... Is there a lactose in this pills... In this lager? It tastes like there might be lactose in there. I I've, I don't know. I have... Move on to the... Have you tasted it yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying it. It's almost like a milkshake pilsner. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't I don't think so, no. I'm curious. Let's, let's uh, switch and taste. This is a little sweeter. A little. But... Yeah, do a little blend. Blend. 
Cleaned. A little freshener, freshen up a little bit. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of interesting. Which one was yours? It's not interesting herbal stuff going on here, which is why I was like, is there lavender or something weird going on there? It's it's such a soft flavor, right? The malt is really soft. I don't know. Uh, my to me, it feels like they, you know, they they like New England did it. <laughs> the they they didn't go with just barley malt. Like there's there's something mm-hmm. in there that some sort of herbal stuff. Yeah, it's. I taste the pilsner malt now a little bit, but then I'm also getting like creamsicle again, like. This is interesting and confusing at the same time. <laughs> so the clarity on this beer, it's not like milkshake IPA typically is no. or anything like that. I mean, there's a medium to a light amount of haze to it. It's, I don't know. All they say on their website is a brand new beer continuing our exploration in lager brewing. Uh... I'm trying to find huh. some information about it, but I got nothing. Nothing uh, on Untapped or anything? Yeah, nothing on Untapped. I'm looking through their Instagram now to see if I can find something. <laughs> um, I mean, they make a lot of uh, New England style IPAs, and it seems uh, milkshakey looking stuff. But this doesn't taste lactose to me. And tastes sweet in some sense, which I think it's come from the yeast. But I don't get lactose. I just, I get some herbage. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. It's not a classic European Pilsner. (laughs) That's easy for us to say. No, but they never claimed it to be one. I mean. Yeah, I mean, they just call it lager, right? Yeah. So it's. You know, it's probably more named after the process of the beer. Even though I can taste kind of like continental malts in here, like Pilsner or something like that. That's clearly in the malt bill. But beyond that, nothing else is too clear about it. I like it. I like the flavors in it. But it's uh, not like anything I can think of. It's a mystery. Um, I think it's interesting to, to have this coming off of a... Of a beer that had tea in it, right? That mm-hmm. had you know, very obvious sort of herbal... Editions uh, and this one uh, has these flavors that I don't know where they're coming from. This is for love. From the veil, there's kind of like a a celery Excuse thing me. going on there. Um, celery, yeah, celery, like a you know a sweet uh, and um, aromatic. Celery note. There's something that, like I said, is is kind of lavenderish. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really getting anything sulfury. Not too much. You get a little bit of bite in the malt occasionally. That lavender thing you're picking up, it's not, to me, it's not like super floral perfumey, right? It's kind of subtle, just a hint, maybe like the, you know, more of a woody stalk than a, mm. than a mm-hmm. flower or something like that. Mm. But, um, maybe a little dandelion, like there's these sort of green, mm-hmm. greenish petals of something it's getting weird oh yeah that's a good one it's definitely a time for this one but the sound isn't uh, I'm the worst <laughs> well time is gone lost that moment <clears throat> alright so that was for love let's do something a little hoppy now shall we a little bit hopping now a little bit hopping now 
Alright, uh, brewery from Craig's hometown. Yes, this is, well, this is from Gainesburg, Maryland, which is, for the longest time, uh, what, what I called where I grew up. Now they call the area I grew up in North Potomac. Oh. Uh, but, um, they're still in Gainesburg, but... Okay. Um... I still consider it Gaithers where I grew up. So anyway, yes, this is from where I grew up. This one is from Elder Pine. It's called Dense Brew. Double dry hopped IPA brewed with oats and wheat and hopped with citra, mosaic, and lemon drop. Smell it. 7%. (laughs) Yeah, this is like, boom, late phase two right there in your (laughs) face. One of those super saturated, juicy, you know, um, just dripping with like hop aroma IPAs. Pretty hazy. It has a copper, it has almost a copper color to it. It's really a deep bronze. Not New England style, as I would call it, but very yeah. hazy. It has such a saturated aroma that I would hesitate. Like I would hesitate to throw the word "dank" at it, but not to mean like weed, but just to be dripping and like mm. soaked. You know that kind of thing. Interesting thing is, this has oats and wheats, but it's not that New England style, mm-hmm. like white-ish right. or, yeah. or, or completely. Uh, yeah, completely murky. opaque. Yeah. Double dry hopping is pretty apparent. It's very scratchy on your throat. There's a lot of lupulin floating around in there. Has a little bit of an oniony flavor to it. I think that citra is kind of running away with it a bit. And if you overdo it on mosaic, you can. You can get in those areas. Lemon drop, I've never seen taken to the extreme where you can get that far, so I don't know. Right. Yeah, so there's a decent malt character on this one, right? It has kind of a East Coast IPA-type pedigree. You know, not New England, but, you know, like old-style, like East Coast when you're thinking of Hop Devil or Brooklyn East India IPA, those kinds of things. has kind of a malt character from there. It's a bit double on the malt flavor. You know, it's really intense and full. Well, here's the grist. They say uh, pale wheat, oats, and dextrin malts. They even added that mm, to okay. get a little extra sugar in there. Um, it's... Th- this is... This strikes me as... Um, as something that's going for sort of an alchemist-type thing, right? I mean... Throw a whole bunch of hops in there. Do a little, do a little of this wee note things to to help, but also throw a lot of hops in there. And oh, get, there's get definitely that. a lot of hops in here. The the, I think the thing that makes this one stand out so much from its peers these days is the more character in this one, and you know, kind of the the phase two two and a half type hop flavor, right? You know, so it's intentionally or not, it's giving me a bit of a throwback beer mm-hmm. uh, in two different ways. Um, well, hops, I mean, you know, hops in one. The era. Alchemist was not made with like mosaic and and galaxy, right? I mean, they don't they're not using no, but that's what, tropical but, stuff. I mean, like Hetty and Fokelbanger, both mm-hmm. pretty pretty golden beers, though, right? So they don't have the malt, the chewiness that this one has. Yeah, yeah, this one's like pulling some toffee and car- like mostly toffee notes, but you know, you're getting a little bit of that as well. That's true. I, I was really just concentrating mostly on the hops here, but you're you're right. The I should pay more attention to the malt here because it's, it's 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 more interesting. It it's it's more um, identify it's an identifying factor yeah, for this yeah. beer compared to what we've been drinking all year. You know the things that are out there on the market now. No, this is a good beer. You just you know, like I, I think a lot of people who are into into the IPAs, you know, are going to say you know this one kind of feels like a throwback. And that's fine. I think it's good for what it's doing. The oniony that I noticed from the citrus early on, I'm used to it. I'm not. It's mm-hmm. not it's a lot, I'm not pulling onions every sip anymore. Yeah, it doesn't. It even though it might have like a lot of it does a lot of that hop stuff. The bitterness is still like managed. 
it's not going overboard with the bitter parts. And so that helps the double hopping be present and be there and be scratchy, but without it just making you mm-hmm. uh, feel oppressed by it. Yeah. Okay, now, now I'm looking at the hops again, right? I'm done exploring the malts and the hops. You know, the citrus coming through, but I'm getting a maybe a little bit of... I still feel like it's fighting me a bit. I still feel like it, it's standoffish with me. Okay, yeah. Just got kind of a papaya thing in there. This is not generally like overall tropical flavors, mm-hmm. but I'm getting like a little bit of papaya. I'm actually getting like... I don't know why I'm going to say this because, but like I got like an okra feel all of a sudden too. Mm. Like I don't know if it's a texture thing or what, but okra doesn't have a lot going for it with in terms of flavor. I mean, it's just kind of yeah. Yeah, I was picturing like okra and then like also like I don't even know, like just like some big flushy stem vegetable with kind of a you know like we cook the inside like hearts of. Is it hearts of palm I'm thinking of? Nah. Artichokes? Maybe. I, it was just what what I'm talking about is I have like a vague idea, mm. right? Not like a specific. And artichokes thing. are nice and 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 good. Uh, okra is an interesting animal, right? I mean, it, it's it's not an animal at all, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit, it's a really interesting animal. Uh. uh it's one of the things where you either hate it or you're kind of ambivalent, I think, at first. And then the more you, you eat it, the more you either hate it or you love it. Okay. <laughs> it, it's a, and for me, it's love. For me, okay. I think like a fried okra and stuff is, mm-hmm. is great. You get this, it's like I said, not a lot of flavor. Uh, it mostly takes on flavors that you give it. Yeah. Uh, but it has this... F- well, I mean, it's it's not for lack of better words. It is slimy uh, texture mm-hmm. inside that... Especially if you pair it with, like, 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 frying, you get some hard outside crunch with that. I mean, the texture thing going on there can be mm-hmm. very enjoyable or can gross you out. Right. Okra. Okra. It's what's for breakfast. <laughs> breakfast? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Kick it up in some cornbread, cornmeal and fry it. Good stuff as far as I'm concerned. All right. So we're going back to the... This is the Vale again, right? That'd be the Vale, yeah. Yep. Melancholia. So this one, I just have 6% alcohol by volume. Uh, this is, um, I think they said IPA on it. No, this is the one we think is a farmhouse. Oh, farmhouse, right. This is a Saison or farmhouse ale or something along those lines. Yes, says farmhouse inspired ale, 6%. All right. So this one, very similar color profiles tonight. All dark gold bronzy colors. This one has, uh, a luminescent haze to it, holding up to the light. It it looks like a streetlight in the fog. <laughs> the way it's like yeah, bouncing. Like that. That's pretty. Yeah. The nose takes on a bit of a floral thing, like um, something flowery. Looking. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like <laughs> chrysanthemum or maybe there's a bit of like just a slight hint of cardamom in the aroma. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cardamom, yeah, I can easily pull it out. It smells like there could be bread in there. It's kind of a rustic honey aroma in there as well. And you know, like a rye spice. Hmm. That's pretty good. 
Yeah, so, At least the first sip. Yeah, there's a tartness to it. There is tar- probably from wheat, right? A wheat type tart. It's there's a rusticness to it, like there's some rye or some buckwheat in there. Yes. There's um, a honey type, like a rustic honey type thing as well. The that cardamom kind of flower florally ester thing is in there as well. Yeah, it's more estery than it is a barnyardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it's got more kind of peppery notes and flower notes than it does dusty. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some some phenolic peppery things in there too. I like the kind of rusticness of this whole thing. Yeah, especially that malt bill. That... Yeah, so it's sort of stone ground. Mm-hmm. Um, well water kind of thing going on here. Um, yeah, this is this is this is this this takes me to a, a, an old French cottage or something, right? I mean, there's that mm-hmm. essence there of of sort of a, a coast three miles away so there's a slight saltiness in the air and there's sort of minerals around and there's um uh, you know pollen wildflowers yeah. growing in the fields and split rail fences it's, it's telling a story isn't it it is um that's yeah yeah the more i drink it the more that kind of um limestoney or granity flavors coming through and i like that when i get that in a farmhouse sale i like mm-hmm. that really minerally type character um i'd probably like it even more if it's a little bit drier i like the nice dry farmhouses but yeah no complaints i like the the, the cardamom notes you, you noted um this this is really good. This is one of the one of the better farmhouses I had this year. For now, sure. Now I'm starting to focus in. The malts are tasting a little more continental to me. A little like I, the last sip, I got like this big bite of Pilsner malt, you know, as opposed to mm. like the rye that I was tasting early on. I think it's still there, but I just think that's mm. that's sort of part of the that floral yeah. like essence but the the core yeah it does seem to be based on a on a pretty sturdy malt mm-hmm. it's an interesting one as i drink it i think the cardamom might be a little bit too much i think um, i'm getting kind of tired of tasting that cardamom type flavor every sip hmm. like just dial up i mean it's such a potent flavor i don't even know if there's cardamom in here i'm assuming there is and you know it it's easy to do, overdo it. Yes. I'd like to actually see it cut almost in half. Yeah, it might be better if it were a little more subtle. But I think that at least those first sips were, were great. Yeah. I wanted the, the malts to... I wanted the, the kind of rusticness to showcase a little bit more. The cardamom keeps stealing it away mm-hmm. and kind of making it a little bit more... Maybe if it were just... I mean, because we tend to drink these a little bit warm, yeah. warmer than most people. Maybe if it was a little bit, bit colder, the yeah. cardamom wouldn't over... Maybe. How... Wouldn't be so oppressive. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a possibility. This is the Melancholia from the Vale. Knights of the Vale. Melancholia, of course, is also the name of a movie. And when you want movies, uh, there's lots of places to go and, and, and buy things and buy them. And speaking of buying things. Yeah, yeah, there's like how many shopping days left before Christmas? Not too many. <laughs> Getting down to the wire. Yeah, come on, guys. Down to the wire. Ooh. Ooh. Here's what Allie's main present's going to be for Christmas. You can buy this on Amazon at craftyradio.com slash Amazon. Jeff is opening up a box with a box in it. DJI Spark Drone. So this drone, which you can get at craftyradio.com slash Amazon, is pretty sweet. It's a tiny little handheld drone. It um, has a lot of features. Like, you know, your drone was, you know, pretty early on in pretty pretty bargain basement. Mm -hmm. Uh, This guy will have, like, return to home. 
it'll have high wind warning so it won't fly the winds too high you can um it has gesture control so it can take off from your palm and if you wave at it it'll move off like three meters and like and then it follow it can follow you around as well so it can it's a selfie drone yeah kind of but you can control it with your smartphone. Uh-huh. It uses the Wi-Fi, and and uh, you can send it up and do other kinds of video stuff with it as well. That's the DJI Spark. At craft your only at craftyradio.com/slash/amazon. Bye now. <laughs> Yes, because well, those these are Maryland beers and water, uh, Maryland, Baltimore, Philly, Baltimore. Water. That's how. That's, that's how I was when I first got here. You yep. remember? I remember. Like, what did you say? All right. Under the wire. It was milk, not milk. It was milk. Two roads in Aslan. All right. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. He's the India Pillow. All right, tell me more. She. <laughs> Very topical for the region we're drinking these beers from. Mm-hmm. But Aslan's in Virginia and Two Roads is in Connecticut, so maybe not for this beer specifically. Yeah, close enough. All right. Oh, damn it, I must have closed the... <laughs> closed my link. Anyway, talk for a second while I... Reopen. All right, so Under the Wire is a collaboration with Two Roads in Aslan. It's a hazy indipello. It's 5.5% alcohol by volume. It's one, point, one, one pint, which is 16 ounces. It has uh, a bird sitting on some crisscrossing high-tension wires. It looks kind of like the Counting Crows album, uh, live on a wire. The... But under the wire. Yes. Uh, the first review that I see says, unremarkable but drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drinker, not a thinker. Huh? We'll see if it lives up to that <laughs> amazing <laughs> statement. Okay, so it is... It's a haze boy. If you, um, actually, if you can, if you hold it up to light, Greg, look, you can kind of see like, like um, flows of... Thicker versus not thicker material. Mmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, there's those tropical grapefruit notes, and then hmm, surrounded by more herbage. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting. Select- I picked the beers mm-hmm. uh, from the collection that we had, so I am ultimately. Uh, responsible for the show today, <laughs> whether it works or not. Uh, so yeah, the smell on this one, you know, you, I'm having a hard time actually. Like when I first opened it, it smelled like it smelled like an Aslan beer, right? It smelled like a milkshake. It smelled like there was some tropicals in there, maybe like guava, papaya. Now when I smell it. Actually, now I'm smelling those things again. But a moment ago, I was smelling things like more bitter, um, almost like bitter greens was yeah, what I was smelling before. right, yeah. Like even like some mustard greens or something were in there. Something interesting. Actually, so you go into the flavor, and that's the first thing I'm tasting is like pretty bitter hopping. Bitter greens, almost like Swiss chard or something like that. Um, the bitterness hangs around. The malt's in there. The malt's kind of a um, just a supporting role. It's mostly pale. There's um, a little bit of toast, I guess, but not much beyond that. Second sip, I get a little bit more sweeter type profile, like almost like, uh, you know, like the milkshakes in there a bit. It's interesting. I lost like the Swiss chard that time. 
You having troubles trying to figure it out? or if There's a seltzer thing going on here. A seltzer thing? Yeah. You mean just like carbonic acid type burn? Like, or? No, like like seltzer water. Yeah. Like yeah. It f- seltzer water with like hop oils. <laughs> I'm not getting, like I'm not getting any malt. Huh. <laughs> like, Speaking of seltzer water with hop oils. I, I saw someone post a picture that they had their hands on the Lagunitas uh, hopped seltzer water, mm-hmm. which they announced a while ago. And I'm like, I want that. I want to drink that at work all day. <laughs> okay. Tommy was just laughing uh-huh. at, your, at your story. I know. Lisa, you're tearing me apart. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> yes, for it. I know. Oh, it's this kind of show now. Soundboard City. Okay, here we go. We landed in Soundboard that's, land. that's the kind of mood Greg's in. <laughs> Buckle up, people. It's going to be a wild ride. That's right. <laughs> DJ Slizzard. <laughs> that air horn. Bitch. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah. I. Hmm. Uh, unremarkable but drinkable is 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 probably an apt word. An apt uh, review. I mean, for for Aslan, yeah. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, but I. But you, it's you not... like it, but I like turtles. So. <laughs> oh my! Okay, that's enough, Greg. We only have a few listeners left. We can't scare them away too. I don't know. It's 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 a drinker, not a thinker. <laughs> the guy was right. It's uh it's a fine beer. Um and for a hazy it's better than most. It's fine. When you say it's a fine beer, I, I think it's more like it's fine. Okay. As opposed to it's a fine beer. Oh, okay. Well yeah, it's all right, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. But uh, not gonna unremarkable, but drinkable. Yeah. Well, Hardywood, let's end the show in a bang. I think that that's a good way of of um, talking about our show. Unremarkable, but listenable. (laughs) (laughs) I was had this thought just yesterday. I was reading uh, Twitter. Twitter, 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 and it was kind of this beer meme type post, beer meme news thing. And I'm like, a couple thoughts went through my head simultaneously. It's like, I'm out of touch. Uh I don't care that I'm out of touch. Uh And are we irrelevant yet? Oh, we've been (laughs) irrelevant for a while. (laughs) So... (laughs) There's yeah, you got the young guys out there hustling every day, and we're yeah. just doing our thing. We're just so. we're just doing our thing, which which it makes us slow and steady, <laughs> and hopefully ultimately winning the race. <laughs> but yeah, the question is like, are we irrelevant? Oh, it's yes. mo- mostly irrelevant. Yeah. Yes, everyone. Um, but I don't I don't mind that so much yeah. because. To, if you want to stay relevant, then you're also chasing trends, and you are you're you're balancing yourself on the tip of a needle. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do, and uh, uh, pride cometh before the fall on that. Thing. <laughs> uh, tropication from Hardywood. So we started with a Hardywood. We end on a Hardywood. Tropication is a IPA, seven point five percent alcohol by volume, 
Citra, Hillertau, Blank, and Mosaic Hops are in this guy. Hillertau. One of these things ain't like the Hillertau other. Blanc. Oh, so okay. I gotcha. Take a tropication. Get it? It's a portmanteau of tropical and vacation. I got it. There's any tropical music in here, so <laughs> some clips of music. I mean, this is no. I don't even. Want, it's too long, so I don't want to get into that one. All right. So the aroma on this one. It's it's not it's not a expressive and wide ranging aroma. It's holding its cards pretty close to the vest. But okay, so the last one had citra and mosaic in it too, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. this is more on the tropical side of those, at least in the aroma. I'm having a hard time really pulling the aroma. Or was it the the elder pine that had the citra mosaic? Yeah, the elder pine had citra mosaic and lemon. Right? All right, I, I I went in for a sip because tropication was not giving up its aroma for me, not giving me words to put out my mouth hole. So onto the flavor, it does have a a bit of tropical. I'll have to take out the sip here. Yeah, there's a kind of citrusy thing going on here, more on the orangey kiwi side than. Like going and getting a pineapple or, or well, let's blend because I'm getting a pretty big mango on mine. Okay, so blend it. Let's blend. Because I was gonna say, yeah, the tropical kind of fits here because I'm getting pretty big mango. Um, getting more tropical, but I'm still falling in the grapefruit range. There's a little bit of grapefruit flavor in there. Um, but I'm getting more fleshy, meaty than a citrusy. You know, I'm getting more tropical meat, you know, flesh than than for a citrus type flesh. Um, the bitterness is pretty pretty big on this. That's kind of starting to pile up. It does have a bitterness like a the phase one. Mm, you don't think so? Not not particularly. It's not. It's not hitting me. Just wait. Bat. Just, just wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. This is nice and fresh, Greg. Thanks for sending it to us. Uh, November 19th. Nice. Yeah, thanks, Greg, for sending such an amazing lineup, including the the truly spiked <laughs> and sparkling wild, with a hint of wild berry. Yeah, no, just, I mean... I think these were all interesting in their own ways. I don't think any of these were like... Although, at first, that Saison... I think the Saison is, is still peeking out the top for me just because it was like the most expressive and the most storytelling mm-hmm. one. But... Spoilers, Greg. Spoilers. <laughs> lots of different flavors going on here. Lots of different stuff, which is always good. Man, that lager was super weird, but super weird isn't always bad. No. We spent so much time trying to figure it out, but um, it had some neat flavors going uh, Yeah, on. I mean... It, I, I like, you know, I'm kind of rooting for the the maniac who does a milkshake pilsner. <laughs> I, I still don't feel that lactose that you were, like... Okay, yeah. But... I, I kind of know where you're coming from. The, you know, some of the essence of that was there, uh, so I'm willing to go with it. But it's like, yeah, it, it it's a it, this is a wide array of different flavors, and we always say we're looking for something new. And so, if you know, we we may not express necessarily the excitement that you may like. Oh my god! Oh wow! Uh, there's there there's something about this particular show. That was. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening, in the, mm-hmm. especially in the beers that are just in front of my hands right now. Yeah, uh, sure. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, indicative, I think, of a industry 
in transition, trying to figure out where it is and where it's going. Yeah. Uh, if anything, we may be irrelevant, but we do. We have been here a while. We have perspective. Yes, and we understand why this this is happening. <laughs> we have five tall cans in front of us. <laughs> Everything we had tonight was a can. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's no. So I oh okay yeah. Let's talk about this a little bit. I mean, yeah, we got only forty five minutes in. We're yeah. good. Um, this trend, this fad, this wave that we're on with the hazies and the this and the that's. So I think it's so much more healthier than the fruit juice IPA mm-hmm. had. That, or, um, I, I am still. I've said this before, but I can't believe how fast that last wave. Well, it's it's. Died. I think healthier than the sour trend. It's healthier than a lot of the the other trends that that beer has been on because there's more things being explored here. And more ways to do both classic and new stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what we have is a lot of effort in essentially research and development being thrown out there. And that, I mean, that doesn't mean everything's going to be amazing. But it does mean you know, that You know what I'm thinking about right now is, you know, is there enough market for the traditional styles, right? To keep them from, you know, to keep the really good examples of traditional styles being made, and there, there of might, course there is. There, but here, let me, let me, let me, let me have a uh, potential right, go avenue. On, go on, you. go on, go and spew, and then I'll, 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 I'll talk when you're done. Right. So, much like how Goza and Whitbeer were lost to antiquity almost completely um, during the 60s and 70s when, you know, there was this trending towards pale lagers and things like that. And then they kind of were refound in the history books and rebooted and things like that. I guess Hogwarten rebooted in the 60s, so it was actually lost during World War II and prior to that. Um, I'm wondering if there's a potential for certain styles to like actually go extinct again and they will be found again in the future but like in the trend we're in right now with all this hazy murky turbid beers i think there's a risk that some of the what people would generally say is well-made classic styles like might the market might be like slipping so much that you know they will fall into the history books to a degree, you know, and I mean, I, I just, I, I'm not trying to say that's a good or bad thing, but I, you know, I don't know. How many brown nails do you see out there right now? Right. How many good new brown nails do you see out there right now? That's an interesting point. I can't think of many. I was going to ask you what, what, when you were finished, I want to wait till you're finished, mm-hmm. but, uh, what, what styles do you see disappearing? Brown ales. Is I'm not one sure. That, uh, it's I, an example. I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, you could you could imagine. I don't think good crisp pilsners will go away. Right. I I think brown ales is one that could go away. There's ones that could go away, and I don't care. Like if Irish red goes away, <laughs> I don't care. I don't give a damn about Irish red. Um, uh, I mean, amber ale. It was never anything to begin with, so you don't really care about that going away. You know, like, I don't think Whitbeer could get lost a second time, not with Blue Moon and stuff making it. There's too many, like, if nothing else, there's too many uh, uh, pedestrian versions Mm -hmm. made made for sort of a commodity market. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like, with Allagash out there, they're not going to let Whitbeer die anyway. I guess one could say that as long as Newcastle's being made, the brown ale is never going away. But Newcastle is not exactly a uh, brown ale on uh, on the scale of some of the better brown ales that are out there. It's just, it happens to to carry that description because nothing else kind of fits. Uh... Okay, brown ale is a good example of something that, yeah, has, has 
pretty much people don't touch much anymore. Um, people don't touch cream ale that much anymore. It happens, but it's not. Yeah. The only time people touch brown ales is when there's Christmas or pumpkin in it. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so that, that, of course, raises the question, does brown ale deserve to go away? Did wit beer deserve to go away the first time? Maybe it Maybe. did. Right? I mean, if if there isn't... And it deserved to come back, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing where right. yeah, that's the thing. I'm not passing judgment. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying, you know, there's it's flavor trends. You know, mm-hmm. certain things. That'd be curious to see if there was like, I could definitely you know easily envision, you know, and we've seen this in our, our tenure, right? You know, different flavors of like major markets beer versus cocktails versus spirits versus wine you know trending and ebbing in the market mm-hmm. i haven't seen as much specific stuff about flavors in beer right you know where like for some reason i would love to see the actually the psychological or the science behind why um like wouldn't it be fascinating if the reason brown ales are not popular right now wasn't just because they're a boring flavor, but because of like other bigger tastemaker type trends, you know uh, what I'm saying? There's, there's so many dials, right? There's <laughs> yeah, so yeah. many dimensions to this problem that you pointing to any one thing is not going to be an answer. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that are occurring in concert with each other, but. And, and tastemakers are part of that, mm-hmm. of that uh, ecosystem. So, I yeah, I mean, it's not just because brown ales don't have flavors that people are desiring. There's other things, too. They, they may be more expensive to make than other beers in terms of the, the cost for... The, I mean, there's a feedback loop, though, right? It's yep. like... How, if you're in business trying to make a living selling beer and you think you have the best brown ale recipe and the critics agree you have the best brown ale in the country, but people aren't buying it, right? how much are you going to double down on that yeah. thing, right? I mean, and if this brown ale is just the best brown ale and not like an amazing beer that it would drink. Right. What's your, what's your addressable market, right? right? Yeah. You know, you could make a mediocre... Um, Pulling out the the dazzling <laughs> the, well, how's that described though? It was a uh, uh, unremarkable but drinkable. Yes, you could make an unremarkable but drinkable hazy, mm-hmm. and probably make more money than with yeah. the country's best brown ale. Even though probably the brown ale is cheaper to make, but if you don't sell it, then it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah, if there's yeah, there, there's so many, and that's just one consideration of the forty. That have to go into these sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, we identified one brown ale. Let's see if we can find something else. What is there? Any other uh, beer neglected styles? Yeah, right neglected now. style. So that used to be big, especially when we were around. Don't see it. Well, no, I was going to say barley wine, but that's not necessarily true. There's plenty of them still happening. I think they're not as prevalent. They're not as. Yeah, yeah it's not as popular, but they're still happening. Mm-hmm. There's the chart I want. I want to see like a chart of like 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 there's the there's a baby name chart, like popularity of common names and mm-hmm. stuff and they show how it changes year to year. I want to see that with beer styles. Well, the the one place I think you could get that is if you look at the entrance to the Great American Beer Fest yeah, from this yeah. style, right? You could, you could chart those. There you have data. So whether that data is indicative of, at the very least, the American market, I can't say, but... I think I think that that one doesn't take volume into account, right? Right. You know, because you have tiny, tiny, tiny little corner breweries entering the same number of beers as a mm-hmm. national leader you know right so i mean that that would that would be a consideration 
but it might show like, you popularity and, and, that, and that, that also justifies why the hazy category was just ridiculous this year, right? You know, because you had... There's no one who's not making one. Well, you had 250 breweries that sell 10 barrels a year mm-hmm. entering a hazy... You know, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm being a little hyperbolic there, but... I get it. I'm with you. All right. Do you want to move on to ranking? I do. Okay. Do you want to go first? Or I'll go if you're not. It's up to you. Ooh, yeah! Can do! All right. So. <laughs> because they're all cans, get it? <laughs> oh, God. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, in last place, I'm going to put the uh, Sun Crush. I mean, it was there. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on the same one here. It's well, let's do it at the same time. Well, this would be good. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cran- just cranberry. I mean, as long as we keep aligning, but uh, it just I don't know. I've never had like a umptious cranberry beer. Mm. Yeah, and and it's just it, it kind of was like it was like I said it was there, but there was more stuff going on in other in other beers. The tea thing was something that's kind of interesting, I suppose. Yeah, but it was wasted on the cranberries. Mm. Okay. And next, I I'm gonna put the two roads, and as. Put the two roads in Aslan. Okay. The under the wire. Um, uh, unremarkable, but drinkable. Okay. <laughs> I can't say it better than that. All right, you're you're fifth now. We're doing it together. My fifth. Um, it's either going to be the two roads or the. Um, which one was it? The oh, I don't know. I got three and a bunch right here. I can do two roads in fifth place. I can be negotiated into that. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, when I ever see Aslan, I have a pretty high expectation. Mm-hmm. And this one had some of the hallmarks of an Aslan beer, but you know, it. I have pretty high expectations for them, and this one was. Unremarkable, but and two roads too. Two roads, yeah. yeah. Make some fantastic stuff, and those are just like, nah. yeah, unremarkable but drinkable. All right, yeah, Ooh. right. Hardywood is in is next. In Ooh, see, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to stick with you on this one. All right, so the tropication. Yeah, because to me, it's not that interesting. Uh, it's the other ones were more interesting. While they may not have been as in, overly enjoyable, I, I guess the Hardywood. Like this is, I'm, this is a drinker of the Hardywood. Uh, but in this particular show, this one, because of the way things turned out, my rankings here are more going to be based on what was interesting versus what okay. was sort of drinkable. Sure, for me, you know, this is where doing this like staggered in line <laughs> reviews is going to get confusing but i'm going to put the elder pine in fourth place um this was like that phase two and a half double dry hopped with a big malt character ipa um it was good a bit of a throwback and just with the other beers on the table tonight that you know i just my conscience tells me to put that one in fourth place all right third place this is where i'm gonna put the elder pine uh, because the other two were fascinating, and this one was just kind of interesting. I liked where it was going, and the 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 way that the um, the the wheat and oats were sort of used to give you this sort of hazy, but also phase two ish thing. Interesting mm-hmm. things were going on here that were more unique than I've had before in this kind of beer. So interesting. All right, my third place 
is gonna be that crazy ass lager. The one from the veil. The um For love. For love. It not because I disliked it in any way, but because it was weird, man. <laughs> it had um I swear it was milkshake pills. You know, I'm I'm sticking with my my call for milkshake pills. I know Greg doesn't get agree, but that's what I'm calling it. And I'm rooting for the weirdos who try that thing and pull it off. And this beer, I think, might have pulled it off, but it was it was new. It was shocking to my palate, you know. Yeah. What am I drinking? And it's hard to. So it was shocking to my palate, but not in like this overwhelmingly. Oh, this is going to be the new hotness. This is amazing type thing. It's shocking to my palate. In it's good. It's weird. You know, so so that's why it's in third place, right? Think Where like, if it was like a half step the other direction, it might have been like, oh my god, this is going to be like change the world. But think like didn't quite so hit I, that. I have two ways to put this because this is going to be my second place beer. Is the for love? So we can continue on this topic. Think either, uh, let's say you go to a buffet of some rest of some style of food that you mm-hmm. didn't haven't had before, sure. and you taste something, and you're like, okay. There's some interesting stuff going on there. I don't know if I quite like it, but it's interesting. I'll maybe get a little bit and put it on my plate, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be the major thing. Or think cheeses, right? There's some cheeses that have a combination of really good stuff, but also like, oh, that's weird. And just like you kind of you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're 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 willing to go with it because it's like. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting most of what oh, yeah. I want. No, this but is that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's it's an unfamiliar flavor, so I wasn't sure what it... Wasn't sure how it compared. Well, that's it. it. I know what I thought about the beer. I'm just not sure how that compares to my established paradigm of beardom. Right? Right. I think that's kind of explains where I how I landed it. And it's not something that... Um, I mean, you know that Jeff and I are... Hazy Boys, we lo- when New England IPA came out, and, and when we finally got it, we were like on a tear of, oh my god, oh my god. It's not that kind of thing to us where, wow, this is just, we gotta, we gotta have more of this. Yeah. It was, it's more like, huh, huh, okay. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so yeah, my number two is for love. Okay. I think you pretty much exhausted that oh. topic. My number two is going to be the Hardywood, the Tropication. It's like a tropical vacation. Um, but in your mouth. In your, but in my mouth. It's, uh, I, I liked it. Was it like, uh, here, let me think. It's, I'm not, you know what? I'm going to take a sip here real quick so I can have a fresh. Oh, might as well update. let me have a sip too. I'll f- finish off this. Sorry. That's all right. I'll forget. I spilled a little bit on Jeff's uh, on my napkin. <sighs> napkin towel. This one's uh, just again. Th- I think this might fall into drinker not thinker category for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, like when we started talking about uh, the history, uh, the beer styles and stuff, and I just pulled a sip on this, like it just felt really good. Right? Yeah, no, it feels and, right. Yeah. And, you know, so that's part of the reason that I ranked it where it was because when I managed to slip out of analytical mode and take off the lab coat for a second, this guy just kind of fit like a glove. It tasted pretty good. Yeah, it does taste pretty good. And um. I'm still going to keep it where I am. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's it's not it's not bad. Yeah, you don't have to justify your rankings. I mean, well, I do. I mean, that's well. the point of, of this. Of this, <laughs> right? Part. But you don't have to. You don't have to second guess yourself, mm-hmm. right? You just, you know, it's there's different lenses you can rank on, mm-hmm. and that is, this isn't a lens I pull out very often. Yeah. The hey, it just tasted really good when I wasn't thinking about it, but. Is it invalid? No, that's no. not invalid. Uh, so that means, by process of elimination, the number one for both of us is Melancholia. Uh, Saison that hit all the right notes, maybe started to overdo it on the cardamom, mm-hmm. which if you 
weren't being analytical or if your head is a little bit colder, probably wouldn't notice. Yeah. So I think that we really enjoyed the rustic notes and, oh, yeah. and the kind of imagery that we were getting just by drinking it, just the, the story it was telling. Yes, I agree. I don't have anything to add. Um, it could have been a little bit better, but it had a, it told a story. We were talking about French fields and mm-hmm. fences and shit, and it was just that good. So I think that wraps it up for tonight. <laughs> okay, I was expecting the outro music to be played there, not not the uh, Wilhelm scream, but she. Uh... <sighs> Greg is in a saucy mood with the soundboard. What can I say? I don't know. You should play some walking. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We do appreciate you taking the time to tune in and hear what we have to say about beer. Uh, we'll be back again next week or relatively yeah. soon talking about mortars. We got some stuff I brought back from Seattle and Greg brought back from... Or no, you bought it at the place near your house. Mm-hmm. But uh, some breweries you normally don't see in Pittsburgh, so that was pretty interesting. Like Maine, it's normally not here, so that's cool. Maybe they're in the market now. Um, we'll do those next week, and uh, we'll talk at you again real soon. This is Regina Spector with uh, Fidelity off of her album Begin to Hope. It's been rolling through my head all day, so I wanted to play it.